I am New York City-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, a licensed clinical social worker, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast, formerly Black in Therapy. The Black Therapist Podcast is a place where we will discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. You can listen to our show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You can follow us on Instagram, the Black Therapist Podcast, or you can hit us up on our website, and sign up for our mailing list at blacktherapistpodcast.com. Also, on our website, you can find the links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. You can also email us show suggestions, general feedback, and any ideas that you have for, I don't know, guests at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, so as I told you, we are winding down the season. And I really didn't know if I was going to come and um, do a show this week. Just because there's so much going on in life. My own life and the life in the... Oh, phone. The life in the world around us. Where I just kind of... I'm at a point where I have to know when to say when. I am in the process of getting an assistant because my interns are out for the summer and although love them, love them, love them, they were not that much help to me um, and what I needed to get done in my office. But I, I, I feel myself kind of burning out a little bit and I think it's necessary for me to kind of unplug and unplugging for me would be great if I didn't have to do uh, so much social media stuff as well as doing the show. However, you know, this this week, I think the world has kind of been in shock with the deaths of Kate Spade. Um, she's a well-known fashion designer known usually for her handbags um, and scarves, accessories, those kinds of things as well as Anthony Bourdain, who was the host of the show Parts Unknown on um, CNN. And um, I think there was a third person who committed suicide this week. And so suicide prevention and suicide um, awareness has kind of been in the, the forefront of the news. And we talk about suicide here on this show. I've tried to let everybody know while, you know, two well-known, wealthy um, people who seems to be living the lives that most of us just dream about decided that they no longer wanted to be in pain anymore. And so they took their lives. The people that normally, or usually I'll say, take their lives who are around us and affect us every single day are young boys ages, I believe, five to nine those statistics are on the rise. And um, whereas children or young adults in that same age group are declining, young black boys are increasing. And so I just want to say that so that we all know that that is something that we need to be mindful of and be aware of. Born out of that on social media, what I have seen a lot of people state in their conversations about checking in on your strong friend was appreciative and necessary. I am my strong friend in my crew. 
I'm the one that is always mindful about checking in with other people. And I literally had a conversation today about um, how initially I handled my father's death, which the anniversary of his passing is coming up this month as well, which is also why I kind of just want to unplug and practice some self-care. Um, but in that in that time, I have one brother from him and a whole boatload of sisters. <laughs> I have a lot of sisters from him. And so in that the moments and the, the days when he passed away, I kind of felt like it was my responsibility to almost be the therapist, I'll say in quotes, and try to be the space holder for everybody else's feelings. But I literally had to like, be like, nah, B, I can't, can't be the therapist in this moment. I really have to be a breathing child with somebody who's dealing in some sort of way with the, the reality that my father is no longer in physical form. And so for me, I had to learn to take care of myself, but I'm usually that friend that people don't really check in on because they see that, um, doing well. And I don't know why anybody thinks that because I'm a therapist, I don't have issues, problems, cares, and concerns. I live in New York City. I'm running a business in New York City. The rent is too damn high. And so I'm dealing with health insurance. If you've ever had to deal with that, then you know that you might want to harm yourself at any given time in that process. And so I like this movement of checking in on your strong friends, but I was very cognizant of the fact that what was missing in that conversation was therapy. I I wanted to interject in the conversation that what I do is just more than talk. Like if your friends could just check in with you and be like, hey, how you doing today or whatever, and then you'd be healed and and healthy, I then nope, there would be no mental illness. There'd be no mental health issues. I would be out of a job, right? What I do is not just talk therapy. Um, or just talk because it is therapy, but there's a practice and an evidence-based practice behind what I do. I use proven scientific methods to do what it is that I do. And so there were several comments that I saw on my social media feed, which was not for me or not by me, um, but just kind of posted up in some people that I saw and I, I just want to address I just want to address some of those comments I mean one of them was where uh, a young lady was stating that she had been da- battling depression for a long time and now that this is on the forefront of what we're doing we really have to make an effort to discuss mental health um, with a therapeutic perspective and I, I tell people that all the time like therapy is always advisable there was a, a article posted um, by my friend Bless Rockwell shout out to you Bless and um, she talked about I'm just going to read it I'm trying so hard to tell everyone this please hear me it's okay and you're okay I completed a program last year from Berkeley University and she took a she took a program certified in the science of happiness. Um, yeah, I'm not going to read all of that because it's her personal business. But congrats to you. Blessed for that. But anyway, she posted a, a 
excerpt of an article from USA Today with the title that says Americans are depressed and suicidal because something is wrong with our culture. I'm, I, I, I'm not even going to touch that. Yes, I believe that that's true in some ways, but I'm not going to touch that. But what she put was rather than pathologizing the despair and emotional suffering, that is a rational response to a culture that values people based on ever escalating financial and personal achievements, we should acknowledge that something is very wrong. We should stop telling people who yearn for a deeper meaning in life that they have an illness or need therapy. Instead, we need to help people craft their lives that are more craft lives that are more meaningful and built on a firmer foundation than a personal success. Yes, there are people who have chemical imbalances who should be supported and treated with medicine, but most Americans are depressed, anxious, and are suicidal because something is wrong with our culture, not because something is wrong with them. Um, that's a yes and no. I, I don't want to get into race, but culturally, I think that black people and white people look at suicide different. I think suicide for, for the black community is definitely in silence like I literally outside of my my work environment I don't know anybody um and this is me living my whole entire life I don't know anybody that committed suicide not one person I I don't even know anybody who knows anybody who committed suicide that's not to say that it doesn't exist in the black community because I because of my work I treated a lot of young black and Hispanic men for suicidal ideations, suicidal attempts, and their families and their friends were the ones that stopped them. They usually said to somebody, I'm in despair, and a family member or a friend answered the phone when they called and called 911. That there was there were several incidents I remember where like people physically stopped them from throwing themselves uh, off an overpass or throwing themselves onto the highway or trying to run out into traffic. Like, I remember these clients. But in terms of, like, my daily life, in my own personal life, I don't know anybody who's committed suicide. And I think that lack of awareness, even though I'm a professional and I know that it happens and I know that it exists, it leaves a void in the community when you don't even know how to deal with it. Now, in my personal life, there was somebody who was very close to me, knowing what I do for a living, who disclosed that they have suicidal ideations. And I had to kind of like remove my therapist cap and just cry with her and let her know, like, I love you and my life would be ruined if you left. I think sometimes in those moments, you kind of have to let the other person know what sense of community responsibility they have to be here in order to get them to refocus on the pain and then give them a solution. And my solution to her was like, you know, I I know I am a therapist, but because of the relationship, I can't be your therapist, but I can help you find someone. I can go with you if you need. I can drive you. I can support you in that way. I think sometimes we have to do a little bit more than just checking in with somebody and saying, hey, how are you? You good? You good? Case in point, a friend of mine called me to, today, or I called her, and we were talking about a little social media fracas, every freaking thing on social media 
is a fracas. But there was a little, you know, controversy amongst our circle of friends on social media because we were at an event yesterday. There was somebody who was at the event um, and he has a recent disability. And instead of, you know, telling somebody that he was in distress, he needed a ride home, he waited until late. And was unable to get a ride and it made it seem like he was left. And the person that he was with, you know, it made everybody assume that that person left him and was the bad guy. And that person was like, no, no, no. I asked him multiple times if he was okay. And he said, yeah, he was good. Like we have to stop not being able to ask for help. I remember being in my despair and being in that, that place of pain I don't think I ever thought about killing myself for real, but I did feel like I just want to be out of this pain. I just want this pain to, to go away. And I just couldn't see any way out of my problems in that moment. And I spoke to somebody I can't stand really, but that person was like, yo, we can't do this without you. We can't, we can't survive without you. And you have a responsibility. You have a you have a responsibility to your kid. You have a responsibility to us as family to do what you need to do. So whatever you got to fight through, fight through it because we need you to be here. And I think everybody, I mean, I, I don't want to say like I've been suicidal multiple times. I think that for most people when it comes to like suicidal ideations or just that first thought, I think usually you're mad at somebody and you just kind of want to see you have that fantasy of of the guilt that they would hold if you, you weren't here or the pain that they would be in if you weren't here. If I'm not here, I'll show them. It's kind of, It feels to me almost juvenile. And I guess for me, I, I it makes sense because I was a juvenile when I used to feel like that. Like, damn, I wish I wasn't here. But I don't know if it was like I wanted to run away or kill myself. I don't think I've ever really thought for real. Like, I want to die and not be here but I think for most people who are really battling with depressive symptoms that that thought of just numbing the pain and making the the freaking pain go away it becomes so loud that's that's all you think about um and that's what I hear that's what I hear in the field so how do we check in on our strong friends and how do we do the check-ins with people who we know may need the support? First things first, like call them multiple times. Um, you could just send them texts today. It doesn't always have to be, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you good? Cause most people just going to say, yeah. Right. Like when we ask people, how are you feeling or how's your day or whatever? Like do sometimes we don't even really care about the, the answer. Like, let's be real. Ask those things and be very sincere when you ask them. Um, send them words of encouragement throughout the day. Maybe just send them a text about how dope they are or how much you like them or what is so great about them. Um, I thought about it yesterday as I was at this event because, you know, not to brag, but I looked really nice. It's a really beautiful event. I dress up every year. I look forward to it. And there's often people there who I don't see every day, but know of my success. I'll say in air quotes 
or what think people think my life looks like now because of what I do for a living and the investment that I make in the community. And I heard a lot from people that I don't see all the time tell me how proud they are of me and how how great it is what that what I'm doing and I appreciate those things but it also made me think about the people in my life that I speak to every day who I love tremendously who don't support me in that way um as I said I'm writing this book I have a girlfriend that I let read the book first person first eyes I've ever let go in the book I really wanted her honest opinion and she's a writer and I just wanted to see what she said and she called me back crying when she read the book but then I had another friend who I was like oh my god I let my friend read the book and she called me back crying and she was like well why you didn't let me read the book like I need this book and I was like first of all if you supported my podcast you would know that I'm writing a book so there's that and if you need the book that it's going to cost me to print to give to you why don't you ask me how much the book is for purchase or wait until the book is ready to be purchased so sometimes even the people that you love truly they don't support you and your endeavors in that way I I will be completely honest some of my very best friends don't support my movement probably have never even heard this show probably won't buy the book I know they'll come to the event I know they'll be proud in a way, but in the in the trenches and my everyday struggle, I know who my cheerleaders are and the people that I can really, really call and like unload on, especially being a therapist. People think I don't have issues, problems, cares, and concerns, like I'm still not human. New York City, speaking the article about culture, New York City is a depressed and anxious city. They pump it in the water. It's hard to live here. It's hard to survive here. The energy of it is, is anxious. And so you have to be able to like have the awareness and the coping skills to deal with it in a positive manner. Like I don't, I mean, I do know how I don't drink myself to sleep, but sometimes I don't know how I don't drink myself to sleep living here. I definitely don't think that this is a place anybody should live their whole entire life, which I have. Um, So then there's that. It's just, it's just a strange time and we have to do what we need to do to protect our energy I'm rambling guys because I'm like emotionally I'm 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 spent like I literally feel like crying right now and I can't even tell you why but this is part of like me being in tuned and aware of what my depression looks like or my sadness because I don't think I'm not depressed but what my sadness and my energy level looks like when it starts to shift I think for me, if you, unless you have like MDD, which is major depressive disorder, which is a chemical imbalance, which requires medication for you to get over. I think that depression or dysthymia, I have to, I have to be technical when I, I use these terms, dysthymia, depression is a form of depression, but I think the general unhappiness and sadness that some of us endure when we are at a point in our life is really just there to let us know that what we're doing isn't working and that we have to make a, a life change and a shift in order to get to where we are. And I'm kind of at that place right now, whereas I'm, I'm happy 
but I know energetically something is off. And so a way to check in on your strong friends is to just make sure that you are available, that you are encouraging, that you are empathetic, that you are compassionate, that you ask them when they tell you something, if they will be willing to go to therapy, if they've ever tried therapy. And the best way that I find to ask people about therapy is to is say, hey, wouldn't it be great if you could talk to somebody who wouldn't judge you? Wouldn't it be great if you could speak to somebody who wouldn't throw your shit back up in your face? Wouldn't it be great if you could tell somebody your, your deep, dark secrets and like get some of this off of your chest? Wouldn't it be great if you could learn skills to deal with everything that you're dealing with? You sound overwhelmed. Wouldn't it be great if somebody helped you break down all of the things that you have to do on your to-do list in like an implementable way and hold you accountable? Wouldn't it be great if you could feel better? Wouldn't you like to feel better? I got somebody that can help support you. Wouldn't it be great if you had some support? Hotbox. So yeah, um, this is how I introduce therapy to people who don't know what it is that it that I do, and, and this is the way that I explain it to people. People who have mental health issues, who is everybody? As I always say, there are two kinds of people: people who have mental health issues and people who have diagnosis. Not everybody has a diagnosis, but everybody has a mental health issues cares and concerns that are beyond their current skill level and ability and that includes me now the dog wants to bark lord (laughs) this is definitely one of the last shows of the season so it's a hot mess and i don't really care but anyway and i'm not editing out the phone call because i don't i call i call that person back but the point is don't bark damn you no the point is, is we have to find a way to introduce therapy in, in a, a way that's palatable. And although not everybody has a diagnosis, people who have a diagnosis, they are oftentimes asked to see a psychiatrist to make sure that medication management is not necessary. He just wants to bark when I, when I talk. Theo, hey, come here. If you're on my Instagram, you'll see the monster that I'm talking to. Sit down. Um, Therapy is always included in a treatment um, plan because the only way that you're really truly going to learn the coping skills that you need to handle mental health issues and diagnosis is by getting some support in that. As a therapist, even if I work with a psychiatric team, usually I see the client on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week, sometimes more than that, whereas a psychiatrist may see them twice a month. That's usually not normal. They usually see them for 15 minutes or they 15 minutes once a month. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you'll get a psychiatrist that actually does therapy. But because of the way the field of psychiatry is right now, that's probably not really a realistic thing. Because there's not a lot of young psychiatrists coming into the field who are culturally competent. And so 
my job as a therapist was to usually gauge and see what my client's baseline was. And if there was any kind of disturbance, I would report it and bring it to the psychiatrist's attention and get them in as soon as possible. We have to work together. An interdisciplinary team is the best way for symptom reduction. It's the best way. It's the best way to improve positive outcomes. But we as a culture and we as a people, we have to start allowing people to um, go to therapy and make it make it known. I was recently watching Dear White People and there was a black guy on the show. I don't know anybody's name who was accosted by the police last season and they were trying to get him to go to therapy now. And the dean of students sat and he had him look around campus and look at all of the white children. And he said that they they don't have the same kind of problems, cares, and concerns that you have. But the majority of them are in therapy. Like the worst thing that happened to them was that they didn't get into their first college of their choice. And they are all in therapy. Why is it that we don't go? And so... As I stated, there are some shows I have in the can. I just wanted to get this out because it was like pressing news. If you are feeling suicidal, there are a number of ways that you can work with a professional to help get you the help that you need. You can call the suicide um, prevention number. You can, I don't have the number right now. It's not available to me. You can contact the local NAMI in your, your your area. And the best thing that you guys can do for your friends and family is to maybe take a mental health first aid course. Um, they're all across the country. You may be able to find some that are free, but I think that that would really help people who are in distress know that there's somebody that they can have. And I realized that the more that I started to tell people, hey, I'm a therapist, hey, this is what I do, I'm getting a lot more black people pulling me aside and saying, hey, I love your work, I love what you do, I'm going to refer this person to you or that person to you, could you speak to my kid, could you Could you speak to my friend? Um, and I appreciate that, but there are more good therapists out there than just me and what I would like is for my other colleagues to make some noise and let the people know that you're there and this is what you do and that you exist in the community. Okay? So I'm releasing some of like my old interviews, I think, throughout the summer because I want you guys to 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 feel me. I want you guys to, to see me. Um, but if you're also listening and you are feeling some sort of way, because I feel some sort of way sometimes when I see you know, people that I follow on Instagram, please keep in mind that the things that you see on social media, they're literally just snapshots in a person's life. Like back in the days, we used to have photo albums and you could go back through the photo albums with your family and you and grandma and, you know, your drunk uncle and your crackhead aunt and, you know, the Chester Molesta cousin who's all in the photo. None of that is said. All you see is a family fake smiling around a plastic Christmas tree. Keep that in mind when you're seeing what you see on social media. And don't compare yourself to anything that you see. I know it was hard. 
it's not easy. It's not easy for me, but that's why I have to know that I, I want to unplug and check out. Okay. If you want some tips on how you can support your friends, family members, or yourself, if you are in distress, you can text get happy or one word to six, six, eight, six, six. There you will get our free mental health course. And from there, if you take the course, it is a bunch of resources on there that will teach you how to find a therapist. I think it's seven free ways to find a therapist, including, no, I'm, I'm lying. Don't quote me on that. Seven ways to find a therapist, including some free ways that will tell you what to expect from your first therapy session, what to do to support somebody who's dealing with the mental health issue and distress, what to do if a friend or family member is diagnosed. And so... I made it just in response to some of my frequently asked questions and yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting this book finished. It just came back from the editors. I'm doing my final read views, read views, read throughs and reviews <laughs> this week. And hopefully it'll be done soon so that I can get it out to you guys before the end of the summer. I'm really, truly looking forward to uh, getting this work, getting it to you guys. All right. So yeah, I, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I really, truly hope that you are doing everything and anything that you can be doing to protect your mental health and putting yourself first. Okay. Well, you've listened to another episode of the Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Nikita Banks, licensed clinical social worker, and this is Black Therapist Podcast, formerly Black in Therapy. If you are looking for any information, any resources about today's show, or if you just want to drop a line and say hey and subscribe to our mailing list, you can do so at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. You can send us emails at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, please like, comment, share, and subscribe because we want the show to grow as organically as we possibly can. And we cannot do that without you. Thank you for listening. Be well.